The Starlight Lounge presents An Evening with the Progressive Box. Oh, what a great audience. Let's dim the lights for this next one. Nope, too much. Ah, there it is. Gotta get things just right. Like Progressive's Name Your Price tool. Tell us what you want to pay and we help you find coverage options that fit your budget. And now, the mood is right. Wait, the lights are back on again. Trudy, can you? And now it's completely dark. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Blog Talk Radio. doesn't get you ready for football i don't know what will welcome to the first ever zero technique podcast i am ryan stern and uh joined with me will be ryan morick how are you today ryan not too bad ryan I, this might be get a little confusing i saw the uh, the post that you had let's see what ryan and ryan think i'm excited to see uh what people might confuse all our opinions about some stuff but no, I mean, I'm, I'm not doing too bad. I'm excited to uh, – I can't believe it's already a week from tomorrow that we got kickoff. Uh, there's nothing that gets me more excited than the start of football season, uh, mainly because I guess with spring training, you have so many spring training games that you're already sort of, I, I guess, baseballed out a little bit when uh, by the time you get to uh, – Season uh, with the NFL, four preseason games. You don't really get to see the starters for maybe even a full game combined. So uh, there's just something about the start of the football season that uh, that gets me excited. Yeah, for sure. I mean, I'm a baseball guy through and through. I work in baseball. I've been involved in baseball, but yeah, I mean, you're right. It's it's America's sport. It has been America's sport. And I mean, it's, it gets us going for whatever reason. It's been King. And when the calendar turns July, I mean, for me and a lot of other guys, even when in June, we just start talking about fantasy and I mean, we'll get into this also. I think fantasy plays a huge taker in it also, but the excitement is real for sure. Yeah. So uh, for those of you, obviously you're new to, uh, to this podcast. So are we, uh, this is going to be a football podcast. Of course, if there's big news uh, in and around the entire sports world, we'll get to that. But uh, it's mainly going to be a, a football-focused podcast. Uh, we're going to have some great guests uh, in the line. We, I've, I've already got a couple uh, great ones lined up, uh, some fantasy experts that are going to be joining us as well. Uh, can't wait to have them on throughout the season. Uh, we're going to give you some NFL news. We're going to be uh, recording every Wednesday night, so we'll uh, we'll be able to get you ready for the upcoming week in uh, in the National Football League. Uh, maybe even some uh, some college football because uh, I know we we have college football opening up this weekend. Big game between Notre Dame and Michigan. Uh, good one to, to get us uh, started there. But uh, we will be talking with uh, mainly about the NFL. And the big news this week uh, were the two big contracts that were given out. Uh, two days ago, we saw Odell Beckham become the highest paid uh, wide receiver in NFL history. And today we saw Aaron Rodgers uh, get his long-awaited contract extension with just some ridiculous numbers. 
Uh, but we'll start with uh, with the Odell Beckham contract. Uh, when the the negotiations were going on, there was a specific number that I had in my head. I was wondering if you had something in your head and if it was anything close to what he got. I don't know. Um, I didn't really have anything in my head. Even he said something along the lines that when Matt Ryan got his $30 million, I mean, that's not the number I had in my head, but I think Odell had it in his head that, I mean, he's always said he wants to be the highest paid player in history ever. I was thinking somewhere in the 20 range. So it is definitely close to what I expected. Um, and definitely well-deserved. I mean, this guy has broken every record that we could possibly think of through X amount of games. And, I mean, obviously last year was a bit of a bummer. He only played in four games, missed week one, and then fractured the ankle that was already bad for him. But that's what I was expecting. I was expecting a five-year deal for football players. It's rare that you see anything more than that. But uh, for a 26-year-old wide receiver who's going to get – I mean, it's going to get his team – a bit of a pay cut this year, and then you load it up afterwards. Um, not surprised and well-deserved for uh, Odell. Yeah, the number that I had in my head was five years, $90 million. I, I, I thought that uh-huh. 18 was, was right on par. I, I didn't think he was going to get the 20 that he was looking for. Um, I, I think that he realized he was a bit unrealistic uh, when he said he wanted to be the highest paid player in the NFL, we all know that that's only going to go to quarterbacks because the, the importance of that position just far exceeds that of any other position, maybe in the entire sports world. So I, I didn't see his original expectation being met. Uh, but then the, the 20 million, I thought he was going to come close. I, I, thought it was going to be around 18 and when he got 19 I felt that it was a good deal for both sides um I also think that a lot of other wide receivers are thrilled with the contract that he signed because there's going to be a couple that are going to uh be ready for an extension next year and he just set an an impressive uh groundwork yeah, for sure. I mean, I'm sure that every, I'm the Hopkinses of the world. I mean, hey, even Julio. I mean, I know he's going to be in some sort of contract battle in a couple of years after just getting one, but you hit the nail on the head. It really sets up, I don't want to say a precedent, but, I mean, you mentioned how those kind of contracts are going to go to quarterbacks, the ones where it's highest paid uh, player in history of, of the sport, but when it comes to the position contracts, and you can show out quite like Odell has done in well, how many games has he played? He's played less than 50 games. So, and yeah, I mean, this is games. going to be his, yeah, this is going to be his fifth season, but it's not going to be his fifth full season. But at the end of uh, this season, you're looking at probably about four, the equal to four and a half seasons played for him. So when you can get this guy with this much skill, that kind of contract, I'm sure that, a lot of guys are very excited to be a wide receiver. And if you have a good quarterback on your, on your roster, they're definitely going to help you out a lot too. Uh, I'm just getting some breaking NFL news. Uh, earlier today, it was reported that, uh, that Michael Kendricks, who the, the former uh, Philadelphia Eagle linebacker, uh, he signed with the Cleveland Browns, has been featured on Hard Knocks. Uh, earlier today, it was reported that he was being investigated for insider trading a couple years ago, and uh, it, Adam Schefter is uh, now reporting that the Browns have released him. So uh, he goes from uh, Super Bowl champ to cashing in on the free agent market to now being released, and uh, there's a lot of reports saying that uh, jail time is uh, is coming his way. So you're <laughs> in a matter of months, you're going from the very top to the very bottom. Yeah. Uh, hey, that's life, I guess. And we even saw in hard knocks that uh, we saw with Antonio Callaway and his problems. I mean, he was kind of lenient about things like that, but when 
jail time is a legitimate concern, I think, for just about everyone. I mean, if you're going to be put away, that's a little bit more than just a traffic stop or slap on the wrist and you're free to go. This is, uh, this is more than serious. And, I mean, inside trading kind of a big deal. And that's a, definitely a big no-no. So kind of funny how quickly uh, life can attack you. And uh, stinks for him, stinks for the Browns. I'm sure they're not happy. But uh, it, it, it is what it is. They made the right decision, no doubt. Right, absolutely. And uh, I guess now with, uh, with with the Browns being on hard knocks, one of the more intriguing uh, storylines that they have been uh, giving us has been the, the financial knowledge of Carl Nassib, their, uh, their, <laughs> uh, their second-year defensive end. And so now uh, I'm interested to see how they play it off, whether or not we get a, a big uh, speech from Carl Nassib about insider trading. Uh, but that, that's going to be interesting uh, as, as we head into the Hard Knocks season finale next week. I can't believe it's already the season finale. I was watching it this morning because I, I was DVRing it. I was watching it before, and they said on the season finale, and I, I don't remember there being only five episodes, but, I mean, it's, it, <laughs> I guess they're going to do all the cuts next week. Well, I mean, that, that show's awesome. I'm glued to it every season. Oh, uh, absolutely. And, I mean, it's just such a unique aspect to something that we don't get very often. We don't get to see what happens inside the walls of an NFL franchise, how practices run. We, we get reports from beat writers as to what happens on a practice field and everyone can see that but when you go inside meeting rooms you go inside the uh the offices of the coach of the general manager uh it's just such a unique aspect that that uh, hbo does such a great job with all that and i i love uh with hard knocks and they do the uh i know the road to the winter classic with the nhl um, the the twenty four seven with a lot of these fights that are going down. They did a great job with the uh, Mayweather McGregor last year. I mean, they they do a great job with their uh, their sports program. Yeah, for sure. HBO is really good with sports. I try to watch Brian Gumble as much as I can too, just to get as much behind the scenes as possible. It, it is a lot of fun. I mean, I'm always tuned into the mic up on the NFL Network, but this goes up, it goes above and beyond every single year. Yeah. Uh, so now we're, uh, we're going to get into uh, some storylines that we are going to be looking at uh, from each division. We're each going to give one storyline from each division, um, something that's going to catch our eye, whether it be uh, heading into the season or throughout the season. And uh, and I'll start off. Uh, we'll start off with the NFC East. And my storyline that I'm paying attention to right now is is the health of the Philadelphia Eagles because they're not healthy. You have the the Super Bowl champs. They're they're potentially MVP quarterback from last year. Uh, Carson Wentz still hasn't been cleared by doctors. A lot of people are. Uh, are expecting him to at least miss one week. Uh, Alshon Jeffrey has been on the pup all training camp. Uh, it sounds like he won't stay on the training uh, on the PUP going into the beginning of the season, but it sounds like he's going to miss at least two games. Uh, Jay Ajayi has chronic issues with his knees. This is not a very healthy team. And, their depth took a big hit uh, this past offseason, which tends to happen to Super Bowl champions. Yeah, you're, you're absolutely yeah, right, Ryan. And right, it, right. It, it doesn't help it that doesn't they help don't that have they a lot of depth at all. I mean, don't get me wrong. Nick Harris can do the job. We've seen it. We just saw it. But, I mean, it's not, a, it's not good when you're going to be relying on a, a Nelson Aguilar for the first couple of weeks of the season and, out of nowhere, you're going to go from the hot – I mean, I, this is kind of a stretch saying hot hand dating all the way back to last year, but 
changing quarterbacks when Nick Foles could could go two and zero or three and zero to start off the year. And again, I mean, he did carry them to that Super Bowl last year. And you know, we can repeat this and sound like a broken record, but that lack of depth uh, is not going to help because I don't think that you can succeed with Aguilar as your number one. And we mentioned uh, we mentioned uh, now uh, he's going to be facing jail time, but you but you lose him for a little while, and they don't have an easy schedule coming up. They play the Falcons on opening night, and their pretty much entire roster is in a big question mark. Um, they, have a, they have three out of five. They play the Titans on the road. Who knows what they're going to look like, but they do play the Vikings week five. It's a tough stretch for them, and if they can, I mean, if they can get these guys back by week three, week four, like they hope, they'll be all right, but it is a big question mark to say the least. So uh, what's your storyline for the NFC East that you're looking at? It's pretty easy for me. Um, my question mark is, well, storyline, question mark, whoever you want to put it, it it's going to be what Eli Manning is. I know that there are – it's there's no one in the middle about Eli at this point. It's either he has two or three years left or he's done. Last year we didn't really get to see the true Eli Manning of 2017 – I really think we're going to see what Eli is really made of. We have you got Odell Beckham Jr. fully healthy. You have Sterling Shepard fully healthy. You got Saquon Barkley, who the Giants, as soon as they picked this guy, they said we are doing this for Eli. We are trying to win now, and you locked it up for Odell Beckham Jr. as well. That's what the Barkley uh, drafted for Odell and his contract. That locked him up as well. And you hope to have a fully healthy defense and. Dave Gettleman has put a lot of cards on the table for Eli to succeed. I really think this is going to be the year where we really sit and sit and watch the Giants and say, what is Eli Manning in 2018? I think we're going to get a definitive answer. And the Giants, I mean, I don't want to look ahead into 2019 already, but we're going to get the answer for what the Giants are going to do in 2019 this season. I, I absolutely agree with you. Um, I think we're going to know what we have in Eli Manning by the end of week seven. The Giants have a really difficult opening stretch to the season. But this is also a team that last year we thought had a Super Bowl aspirations and that every other team was going to say, uh-oh, we have to play the Giants. Now, maybe, and, and then we all know how the last season, especially the starts of the season, went. So maybe it's a little different this year than it, uh, than it was last year. But we're going to know by week seven whether or not they made the right decision in bulking the team up for now. The NFC is a really difficult conference. There are a lot of really good teams in the NFC. If I had to, there's probably five teams in the NFC that I would put ahead of anyone in the AFC. We all know how good the Patriots have been, but a lot of the reason why the Patriots have been so good is because the AFC has been really bad. Uh, so it's, it's, I thought the Giants should have done the, at least for what I thought, gone for a quarterback this year. I thought that they should have built for the future. We all know that Eli Manning would have for a rookie quarterback, especially a rookie quarterback that knew he wasn't going to be playing week one. Uh, but they went out, they, they did draft Barkley. And listen, it, it's tough to be disappointed that they took the uh, the – the best available player in the draft. Uh, he possesses a skill set that is very rare. So, I mean, we'll uh, we'll we'll see how that uh, how that how that plays out. Uh, so now, my storyline for the NFC North is the running back situation in Detroit. Uh, they seem to have a lot of faith in Amir Abdullah for two years, and he just didn't do anything. They brought in LeGarrette Blunt. They drafted 
Carry uh, on Johnson, and they still have Theo Riddick. I don't think Amir Abdullah makes this team. He goes from starting running back last year to not even making the team this year. I think he's on the, the roster bubble. Um, I think Carry on Johnson is going to wind up being a three down player for the Detroit Lions. Now, will he see a lot of three down work? I don't know because Theo Riddick is a great third down back, but I think he can handle the, the duties. But that's going to be real interesting to see uh, how it plays out uh, in Detroit. Yeah. I mean, are you really going to keep that many backs on your roster, especially when one guy just has one role and then defenses can pick that up? If a defense sees Theo Riddick on the field on third down, you really – I mean, it's easy for a defense to decide who the ball is going to. It's going to either go to Golden Tate, Marvin Jones, or obviously – that man in the backfield. Um, I'm not sure how they feel about carry on Johnson and LeGarrette Blount and so on and so forth, but it does seem pretty obvious how they do feel about a guy like Theo Riddick. And this has been a problem with the Lions for a long time. They, you mentioned Amir Abdullah. You mentioned, um, you didn't mention him, but Joyke Bell was supposed <laughs> to be one of their guys and none of them have seemed to pan out, but they did make a couple of moves in that backfield and, I think they feel a little bit more confident in the newcomers than they do uh, with guys like Theo Riddick and Amir Abdullah, who has since came and gone. Uh, So what's your storyline for the NFC North? I want to see what the Chicago Bears can do. They've made a lot of moves. Trey Burton is going to be their guy at tight end. We're finally going to see a a full season out of Kevin White, who – uh, his rookie year, he tore his ACL in the first couple of weeks of camp. And now uh, he got, it's hard to believe that he already got drafted three years ago. But we're finally going to see what Kevin White can really do. Uh, Allen Robinson, is he was praying that he was eventually going to get out of Jacksonville. And he did. I mean, even though they were just a quarter away from going to the Super Bowl. But they made a big acquisition in Allen Robinson. And they've been... Missing receivers since those Brandon Marshall, Brandon Marshall, excuse me, and Alshon Jeffrey days. Um, and we got to see what Mitch Trubisky can do. I mean, now he finally has a, somewhat of a better roster on his squad. And we'll see what their running game can do as well. I mean, we'll see what Jordan Howard can do in the backfield. We'll see. Uh, they made a nice pickup in Taylor Gabriel, that little uh, five foot seven burst of speed. Yeah. But um, I, I'm excited to see what they can do. I mean, you mentioned it. There are a lot of good NFC teams there. I don't think they're going to sneak by uh, the Packers and the Vikings. But maybe if one of those teams does have a bit of an off year, maybe if Kirk Cousins doesn't live up to expectations in Minnesota, maybe if the L.A. Rams do have a bit of a fall-off, maybe this team could sneak into a wild card spot. Uh, the, the Chicago Bears are a very intriguing team. Uh, the thing that prevents me from placing them in the, the playoff picture is Mitch Trubisky. Uh, I just I didn't see it on film in college. I didn't see, and it, it's tough to put last year on him. Uh, they were a very injured team last year. Uh, they didn't have a lot of weapons for him to work with. Uh, the most explosive weapon that they had last year was a, a five foot six, 160 pound running back. Um, but uh, Mitch Trubisky has, still has a lot of proving to do. Uh, I, I was not very high on him uh, when he came out. I was very shocked to see Chicago trade up to number two, uh, to, to take him, uh, when I thought they could have gotten him at three, I don't think San Francisco was going to sit there and, uh, and take him because I I think they thought what I did. So, uh, Trubisky still has a lot of proving to do, but they definitely did give him much better weapons. You talk about Allen Robinson talked about Taylor Gabriel. They did draft Anthony Miller, the wide receiver out of Memphis, who I thought was the best route runner of any of the uh, wide receivers in this draft. Uh, He was the most underrated wide receiver in the draft. Uh, 
thought it was a, a that's going to be a great addition. Uh, but it's going to be whether or not Trubisky can get him the ball. Uh, my NFC South storyline is going to be how the Tampa Bay Buccaneers proceed with Jameis Winston. Uh, we haven't seen a lot of growth from Jameis Winston on the field. And obviously off the field, we're starting to see what we saw from him in college. Uh, a lot of negative uh, publicity. Uh, it's going to be interesting to see, especially if we don't see the growth on the field uh, after his three-game suspension. Uh, I'm going to be interested to see if, whether or not they continue to think of him as their franchise quarterback. He does not have a long-term uh, contract sitting in his lap. Uh, he's going to have to earn it. And I'm not so sure that they're going to be willing to, uh, to do that. I think aside from the behavior issues, I think the main issue is, is he even that good? I mean, right. you get you get Mike Evans and Deshaun Jackson on your team. Mike Evans, his skill speaks for itself, and Deshaun Jackson can get a burst of speed for pretty much any time he pleases and go off for a 75-yard touchdown. And then, I mean, did he? I don't even know how many cracks, how many yards he cracked last year, but I was expecting him to be upwards of 46, 4,700 yards last year, and he didn't even come close, especially with Guys who easily could have helped them in that category last year. I'm looking, here we go, 3,500 yards last year. I don't know if that was all 16 games, but even 19 touchdowns and 11 interceptions, that's not a very good ratio. And that was after he was coming off of back-to-back 4,000 yards, and you add Deshaun Watson, uh, Deshaun Watson, Deshaun Jackson to that mix. He's been a disappointment, and you're right. If he's going back to his college behavior – I really thought that he had cleaned up his act, and we mentioned hard knocks. He talked about it a, a little bit in last year's hard knocks or the year before, and he seemed like he had cleaned up his act. Doesn't look like he has, and we're really going to see if this is uh, Jameis's last year as the Bucks quarterback. I think if they don't make the playoffs, I wouldn't be surprised if uh, the Bucks try to make a move for a QB in the 2019 draft. Uh, my headline for the South, I want to see if the Panthers are for real. I mean, Cam Newton is a bona fide stud, probably one of the best athletes in the NFC South. And I'm a big believer in Christian McCaffrey. I think he's a, a phenomenal football player, another phenomenal athlete. Great back, great season last year in his rookie year. But that's a very tough division, too. And let's say Jameis Winston does pop off. Let's see if, I mean, the Saints are the Saints and uh, the, the other team uh, down in that division, the Falcons, I mentioned before, they're probably going to be a perennial playoff team as well. There were three teams in that division that made the playoffs last year, which yeah. is very rare in, in football. Three teams, the Panthers, Saints, and Falcons all made it last year. I, want, I really want to see if they can hold it up and See if Cam, because I don't even think Cam Newton performed very well last year, but I mean, I think they're going a lot more confident than Devin Funches and McCaffrey. Like I said, they're going to be very confident in him. And can this defense be carried by Luke Keekley? I mean, he's been suffering from a few concussions here and there. He's getting, I don't want to say injury prone because concussions are uh, another issue in of itself, but. Can the team repeat what they did last year in a very tough division? That's going to be a lot of fun to watch. If the Panthers are one team that I'm down on. Uh, I love the talent of Christian McCaffrey. Uh, what I don't like is them coming out and saying that they want to get him 25 to 30 touches a game. Now, it is every team's goal to get maybe their most dynam- dynamic player more touches, absolutely. But I don't know if his body is uh, physically ready to handle that kind of abuse in the NFL. Uh, I also don't – and now, mind you, he has led the entire preseason in yards per carry. So um, what, <laughs> that, that may be a moot point. But I'm also worried about this offensive line. 
Uh, you have both Khalil brothers who are battling injuries. Uh, and it wasn't a very good offensive line last year. Um, they they did bring in someone like uh, a DJ Moore, the wide receiver out of Maryland, who I think is going to step in and be the wide receiver one. Is that a good thing for them? I don't know. I don't think that having a rookie step in and automatically be your number one is the way that every franchise tries to to handle things. Uh, so. The, the Panthers are one team that I'm I'm definitely a little down on. Uh, but when we, we uh, now go out to the NFC West, and my storyline is the, the growth of Jimmy Garoppolo. Uh, he's not going to go undefeated for his entire career. Um, <laughs> and everyone talks, <laughs> everyone talks about how great he was coming down the stretch. And, yes, they did go 5-0 and with him at the helm. But in those five games, do you know how many touchdowns Jimmy Garoppolo threw? Seven. I don't. He threw seven touchdowns in those five games. Uh, now, was he able to be a, a, a manager? And the, I know they incorporated uh, Carlos Hyde into the passing game last year. Um, but – Seven touchdowns in five games, that, that's a little worrisome for me uh, to, to just automatically claim someone, uh, one, one of the, the greats that we have right now. Um, so I, I'm not sure what we're going to get from them. Now, the one thing that I do like is the growth of Marquise Goodwin. Uh He's already surpassed Pierre Garcon on uh, on the depth chart. He is their number one receiver. Uh, so that's going to be a, an interesting combination because uh, we, we all know how good Marquise Goodwin is at, at getting behind uh, defenders downfield. Can they develop that, uh, that kinship? Uh, so uh, what is your, uh, your NFC West storyline? Um, I think it's going to be what Russell Wilson can do. I think this is the first time in a long time where he's not going to be totally carried by a defense. Um, I think if Russell Wilson plays well, he has a chance to bring the Seahawks to the playoffs. I mean, they still got Doug Baldwin in the backfield, uh, not in the backfield, that wide. The backfield, it's a total question mark for them, and it pretty much has been since Marshawn Lynch uh, retired and then eventually went out to Oakland. But if Russell Wilson plays well, I mean, he might have to play out of his mind to bring this team back into the playoffs. And again, especially with that stacked NFC. But there's a really good chance here, Ryan, that Russell Wilson could win the MVP. And I know that's a very bold statement with a guy like Aaron Rodgers. And even if you get a Kirk Cousins who performs well and you have a ton of offensive talent in that NFC in the first place. But if Russell Wilson can perform at a high level, they were riddled with injuries last year and they obviously lost Richard Sermon on the defensive side of the ball going to the division rival San Fran 49ers. But if Wilson can play well, they might be a dangerous team because Russell Wilson can do it all and, he still does have his one of his favorite targets, Doug Baldwin, who can succeed at a high level. So I'm excited to see how the Seahawks, A, return from last year as a whole and come back from some of these injuries and players leaving. But at the end of the day, it's going to be all on Russell Wilson this year. And another question mark with the offensive line in front of him, but it's going to be really fun to see how he combats all of that. If he can put up similar numbers this year that he did last year, it'll be a tremendous feat. Um, you, you look at they lost, I know at the beginning of last season when they traded away Jermaine Curse, they lost uh, this past offseason uh, Paul Richardson to the Redskins. They lost Jimmy Graham to the uh, Green Bay Packers. That's a lot of targets 
and a lot of comfortable decisions that he used to be able to make that are gone now. So if he's able to put up numbers like that, then I I think Doug Baldwin is going to be the major recipient of that. Um, But if he can put up numbers similar to what he did last year, I think he uh, definitely has uh, MVP chances. I'm just not so sure that happens. Uh, Let's uh, let's quickly go through our AFC storylines. Mine is the development of two rookie quarterbacks. Uh, I know with uh, with the injury that Josh Allen sustained in week three, it's now put a little question as to whether or not he's going to be starting week one for the Buffalo Bills. Um, Josh Allen was uh, second favorite quarterback in, uh, in the draft. Uh, I had Josh Rosen as my favorite quarterback. Uh, but Josh, I, I, there was just something about Josh Allen. Yeah, was he inaccurate? Yeah. But you look at what he had around him at Wyoming, was nothing like the talent that he was going to have around him in uh, in the NFL. Um, he's already shown to be a, a, a better decision maker than some thought he would be at this point. Um, but And then we also have uh, Sam Darnold, who after – the, the Jets trading Teddy Bridgewater today to the uh, Saints, uh, Sam Darnold's going to be their guy. He's going to be their starter week one. And um, it, the the development, and I, I think he has very underrated targets. Uh, they did bring in Terrell Pryor, uh, who had an awful season last year in Washington. Uh, they brought in Paul Richardson, uh, I'm sorry, uh, Jermaine Curse uh, last year. They do get Quincy Inunua back. Uh, they they have some they have some talent at the at, at wide receiver. I'm just not sure about this offensive line. And we all know uh, we saw Sam Darnold's biggest uh, challenge in college was the turnovers. And if he starts to get pressure, he's gonna he tends to let go of the ball with one hand and that may cause uh, some fumbles, which he was prone to in, uh, in college. So the development of those two quarterbacks are going to be what I'm looking at. I'm not sure if this is something that you agree with, but sometimes I take turnovers uh, to the more so to the fact that I said this about Jameis Winston when he was down at Florida state, Sometimes the turnovers in college might just be because the quarterback is uh, so much ahead of their targets in terms of skill level. Now, I'm not sure if that's something that you agree with. Uh, I just thought that was something that I always said about Winston, and maybe that's not necessarily the case. But and, and I guess you watch a lot I guess more. In, in, I'm sorry. Uh, interceptions, I can see that being not fumbles. Um, okay, f- yeah, fumbles. Fair. But fumbles scare me a lot more than interceptions. Interceptions, yeah. uh, it could just be someone trying to to show off their their skill set. But fumbles, we we all saw how fumbles can be managed when, uh, with, with, especially with someone like Tiki Barber. Tiki, in the beginning of his career, was one of the worst fumblers in uh, in all of football. They changed the way he held the ball, and he stopped fumbling. Uh, so fumbles scare me a lot more than interceptions. Yeah, ball security is, is obviously. I mean, th- that needs to be taught. Interceptions. I mean, you can obviously figure out a way to halt interceptions, but at the college level, I, I totally see where you're coming from. But uh, I think that if you want to develop a quarterback, and in both the Jets and Bills situations, I mean, it obviously depends on what what happens with AJ McCarron, but. I'm going to assume here that Donald is going to be the starting quarterback for the Jets in week one. And at this point, it does look like it's going to be Allen in Buffalo. Now, I think the Bills are – I just think the Jets look better, and I think they look a lot more exciting. And I think uh, – I was watching uh, Sam Donald at Rutgers, and he's an athletic kid with a – I mean, don't get me wrong, Josh Allen's arm is – <laughs> it has an incredible yeah. arm, but you mentioned his inaccuracies and 
was that a product of being at Wyoming, or is he just uh, inaccurate in general? I guess that will uh, only time will tell. But I think if you're looking at a team to develop a quarterback right now, I like the Jets because I think they have an improved defense. And, yeah, you mentioned this, this offensive line might be suspect, but I think when you just have a, a better team to hang your hat on and they do have a quality defense and they do have very underrated targets. I mean, do you really trust Josh Allen to succeed with the weapons he has around him? Uh, I don't, I don't like what Josh Allen has around him in terms of development, but Sam Donald, I really like the people that he can throw the ball to. You mentioned Terrell Pryor, very down season, but I mean, he's still a freak athlete and can go off at will. And I mean, he does have Quincy Newell. He does have, uh, Robbie Anderson. I mean, we'll see what his status is looking like. And if they can get a back of, of some sort, and who knows, maybe, I mean, I know this is on the defensive side of the ball, but if you can get a player and a quarterback, especially to develop on a better team, and they do wind up getting Khalil Mack, who can hold down the fort on the defensive side of the ball, I really think Donald can succeed early on. And so uh, what, what are – I don't know if you were just um, trying to build on what mine were, but what are your uh, storylines for the, uh, the AFC East? Yeah, I mean, pretty much – I mean, I don't want to steal your thunder here, but, I mean, I think those are really the only things to look at. I mean, I, mean, I don't want to talk – I pretty much – I'm at a loss for words at that point, but if I want to find another one – I want to see what Miami can do. I want to see what their situation is uh, with Ryan Tannehill and whoever else they're thinking about throwing in a quarterback. They've had a question mark for a couple of years now. I think they're holding on to their hats for Ryan Tannehill, but um, when is it going to be the time where they just say, all right, this experiment uh, pretty much failed us. Um, I know that Miami – was Miami a playoff team last year? I think they, I think they snuck in, if I remember correctly. Uh, no, Buffalo they were, did. Buffalo did. Buffalo, right, right. It may be, may, I might be confusing them with a couple of years ago. I'm not entirely sure. Yeah. But either way, Tannehill has not succeeded, and I understand that he hasn't had the greatest of – I mean, he did have Landry and Devontae Parker, but uh, aside from that, I mean, they really haven't done much to – bolster up this squad. I don't know what it is. I don't watch Miami football all too much, but it, it, I think it's almost time for them to make a change also. Yeah. Uh, my AFC North storyline, who are the Browns? Uh, they're a team that's won one game in the last two years that I've heard multiple times from people in the in the industry saying that they think the Browns are a legitimate playoff contender. Uh, it's it's tough for me to think that a team's going to go from one and thirty-one to uh, to the playoffs. But and this is again one of the the advantages of hard knocks is we're sort of getting to to see that this is a, a pretty talented team. They and now you you bring in someone like the Tyrod Taylor who with a, a pretty bad Buffalo team last year was able to bring them to the playoffs. Uh, they, obviously they draft Baker Mayfield. So that that's going to be one storyline. I look at how many games does each of the quarterbacks start? I think if Tyrod Taylor starts all year, they're a playoff team because I, I, I don't see them going to see them going to Mayfield for the sake of going to him but even if they're playing well, I don't see this being an Eli Manning, Kurt Warner situation. I think if Tyrod's playing well, he's going to keep playing. Uh, this defense looks really good. Let's see what the, the hit of losing Michael Kendricks uh, is, is to, is, but they've got a really good defensive line. Uh, led by the number one pick in last year's draft, Miles Garrett. I want to know who the Browns are. Uh, what's your AFC North storyline? Yeah, 
I like that take on Buffalo. I think they have to commit to one of those guys behind uh, under center, and then they can really figure out who they are. But uh, I like the same, not say the identical thing about uh, this team, but I want to see what's going to happen with Baltimore and uh, their Joe Flacco and Lamar Jackson situation. Another team who has struggled a bit over the last uh, couple of seasons or so. Um, when is it? I mean, they traded up to get Lamar Jackson, and Joe Flacco isn't that all up there in age. And it's only five years ago that he did win the Super Bowl, and we had a legitimate conversation, a long conversation, that Joe Flacco wasn't a lead quarterback. I mean, I know that was a bit far-fetched at the time and even today, but they did trade up for this guy, and they like him a lot. He has performed well in the preseason so far. So my question for them is how early do they, if they go to Lamar Jackson, if they do struggle early on? And I think this goes for a lot of teams. If they start out 5-0, and you're not going to take out Joe Flacco and put in Lamar Jackson. But what record do they, if they fall to, are they going to make that move? I mean, we saw the Giants do that Kurt wanted to Eli when they started off five and two. That I think is a bad idea. But if you start off two and three, two and four, do you pull that trigger? And that's going to be, that's going to be a story for me. Yeah. I don't see Lamar Jackson starting any games this year, unless, and with, with that defense, I don't see this happening, but, if they come out 0-8, then maybe. But uh, I think that defense is too good uh, for them to get off to a start like that. Um, I, just, I don't think Lamar Jackson is ready for the NFL yet. Uh, my AFC South is, are, are the Jags for real? Uh, you said earlier, they were a quarter away from the Super Bowl last year. This is an elite defense that is going to lead them to wherever they go. Uh, it's not going to be their offense. Uh, their offense already took a major hit uh, when Marquise Lee got injured uh, this past weekend in just an absolutely brutal injury. Um, it, it was uh, it was tough to watch that one. Uh, but they're deep at wide receiver with okay guys. They have Dante Moncrief. They have Keelan Cole, uh, D.D. Westbrook, uh, Austin Safarian Jenkins at tight end. So they have okay targets. They have a great running back and a great offensive line that I, I think Fournette is going to be heavily dependent upon this year. I can see Leonard Fournette leading – the NFL and carries. Uh, is this team for real? Uh, that That's going to be what I'm looking at. How about you uh, for the AFC South? Yeah, I mean, just a real quick touch on your thoughts on the Jags. I mean, I, I think they're all for real. I think that defense is legit. Their offense is obviously a question mark, but, I mean, I really think that Fournette can definitely be a guy who hits about 100 yards a game, 60, 100 yards a season, but – I really want to see what the tie- what happens with the Titans. Uh, Mariota had an off year. I'm not sure if he was still uh, uh, recovering from that brutal injury that he had, but uh, I know that they like Corey Davis a lot. He was their first – well, he was their first pick in uh, the 2017 draft at number five overall. This guy is a, a tall, big dude who has pretty solid speed for him. He can be a legitimate – red zone target, but the problem is I really think that it could be a, a one- or two-man show. Unless if guys like uh, – their guys in the backfield, they do have uh, Derrick Henry, who is another freak physically, and then, and then they, have a, a, they have a solid backup in Deion Lewis. I'm not sure if they'll use him quite like the Patriots did, and I'm not sure if he can have as much Patriots where he was in a Patriots uniform, but if those four guys can gel, Mariota – Henry, Lewis, and Davis. They, and they, they also have Delaney Walker, who is one, arguably a top five, top six tight end in the league who doesn't really need uh, much talking about. But 
in terms of question marks, what can those four guys do? Because we know what Delaney Walker can do, but when it comes to those four guys, the Titans are really going to need them to step up big time this year if they do want to sneak into uh, that AFC South. And again, another question mark, what's Andrew Luck? If Andrew Luck, I mean, we know what he was before this injury. It was a legitimate question on if he would even go into throw a football <laughs> ever. But uh, another, that's another storyline for me also. I mean, he missed all season last year, and uh, we'll see what he can do with I mean, I'm not sure how great of a team they are, but if luck is if luck is luck, I mean, we've seen what good quarterbacks can do with not so great football teams. Yeah, Andrew Luck was uh, was almost what I had chosen as as my storyline. It's going to be very interesting. Uh, they did a, a good job of improving their offensive line, which is something that they needed to do. Um, they haven't played the offensive line hasn't played well in preseason. So uh, going to see, need to see how they uh, turn it up when the season does start. And, uh, and finally my AFC uh, West storyline is um, whether, what kind of impact is John Gruden going to have in today's NFL? Uh, he signed a ridiculous deal. 10 years, $100 million uh, to, to be at the helm for the Raiders. Uh, it's a very Davis family contract. Um, but John Gruden hasn't coached in the NFL in, what, over 10 years. Uh, so it's going to be interesting to see how he uh, adapts to today's NFL. Now, what does help for him is that he still has been around the game. He's been in the booth. He's done the, the Gruden QB camp. Um, but I, I'm real interested to see whether or not he implies the, the strategy that he used to have when, uh, when he coached Tampa and Oakland uh, 15, 20 years ago. Uh, it, when the game has changed dramatically since then. Yeah. I mean, he's, he can be a football guy and he can know his stuff, but I know football and baseball and the way that their sports are changing are it's, this might be a bad comparison, especially since baseball has gone so analytical, but uh, are we, are we seeing this kind of change in football too, where, I mean, head coaches aren't really getting in guys' faces anymore, and it, it is kind of more about the analytics. And you just let your players veg out and chill out for a little bit. I mean, I'm, I'm, a, I'm a little bit younger than you are, Ryan, but I mean, so I don't really remember the Gruden coaching style. But, I mean, I, I'll ask you this, and then, and then I'll get into my point really quickly, also about the Raiders. I want to talk about Derek Carr, but don't you think it's a little bit weird that John Gruden – hasn't said a word to Khalil Mack at all. That baffles me. Uh, we, we hear about uh, the, the two major holdouts this, uh, this training camp were Khalil Mack and Aaron Donald. And we hear that Aaron Donald has been in contact with, uh, with McVeigh, with Rams management, where you're, optimistic that a deal could possibly get done. But uh, with, with Donald, what amazes me is how many contracts they've doled out to other people and still haven't signed Donald. But that's, yeah. uh, <laughs> that, that's another story. But you look at Khalil Mack and there is zero progress being made. This, uh, Khalil Mack, when, uh, when he came out, which was the year that Jadavian Clowney went number one, I'm sitting there and I'm doing all my draft uh, my draft prep and the draft is my baby. I, I, I put out I multiple <laughs> drafts. Um, I, I used to go to, uh, in fact, I'll, I'm actually going to, uh, to Nashville this year. Uh, it'll be, uh, the, the first, uh, first draft in four years that I'm going to. Uh, but I, I went every year when it was at radio city. Um, but when I'm sitting there and I'm looking at the way the, the, the defense that the Houston Texans run, 
and I'm just looking at the two players, and I said, Khalil Mack is the better fit for that defense. And I think Khalil Mack fell into the right situation that he fell into a similar style defense in Oakland that, uh, that Houston was run. And we saw it, it took time for Jadavian Clowney to make an impact in the league when Khalil Mack was an impact player from day one. I had Khalil Mack as my number one overall defensive player in that draft. Uh, and it's amazing. You, you get so him and you get Aaron Donald in the same draft who are by far the, uh, in my opinion, right now, the, the two elite defensive players uh, on the defensive line in the NFL. Uh, but what they're doing to Khalil Mack right now makes me think that there's a better chance that he gets traded than he signs a deal with the Raiders. Yeah. I mean, I don't see, again, I don't really remember Gruden's style at all, but and I, and you, I was going to mention it too about Aaron Donald. I mean, Todd Gurley got his contract. I'm sure that Aaron Donald couldn't. Well, he's happy for the team, obviously, but he can't sit there and legitimately say to himself that he's happy that other people are getting contracts and he's not. And but I think a, a good talking point is the fact that at least he's making conversation with with Sean McVay and Sean McVay and John Gruden. They're totally different. Sean McVay is a young head coach. He could play in the NFL at his age. Obviously, Gruden can't. So I think that they probably will gel with their players a a heck of a lot differently. But what? no one can tell me a pro in John Gruden not speaking with with Khalil Mack. You can try your best, but – I, I see, I see no pros at all. Nope. All uh, right. Uh, let's uh, before we uh, we end today's show, we'll get into uh, to our fantasy talk uh, next week, where we'll uh, we'll also be able to uh, review the back sports page uh, fantasy draft that we will uh, both be taking part in. Uh, what is your AFC West storyline? Yeah, like I mentioned, uh, the, the, I want to see what, De- what happens with Derek Carr. I mean, I understand that Amari Cooper had a, an off year, but I mean, I think a lot of that had to do with Derek Carr as well. We saw Derek Carr get an incredible contract, and then, and then he fell through big time. And I'm not sure. I mean, who knows? Maybe John Gruden ca- could help him out a lot. But at the same time, what is this guy? We've seen him succeed, and maybe Oakland just jumped on a great year. He never did anything too spectacular in his first couple of years in the league. 2017, he well, – excuse me, 2016, he had a phenomenal season. And then last year, it didn't really all click. And this is even with the acquisition of Omar Sean Lynch, and everyone was – raving about Lynch and this offensive line and, oh, it's going to be just like beast mode all over again. And nothing went right for the Raiders last year. Now, what's to blame for most of it? I'm really not sure. But at the end of the day, I do know that Derek Carr did not have a great season last year. And I want to see how he's able to bounce back. Right. And uh, the one thing with, uh, with Gruden's style is that he tends to have one – focal point at running back and one focal point at wide receiver. So you've got to think that the, the two focal points are going to be Marshawn Lynch and Amari Cooper. Uh, both of them have all the talent in the world. Uh, whether it's like, like I was saying earlier, whether or not Gruden has the ability to adapt to today's NFL. Uh, well, that's going to be it for the uh, the first episode of the Zero Technique podcast. Uh, you can follow the show on Twitter at Zero Tech Pod. Uh, I'm on Twitter at rstern33. Ryan, what's your uh, your Twitter? It's simple. It's boring. It's Ryan Morick. <laughs> <laughs> um, and of course, make sure you uh, you check us out at backsportspage.com. 
Uh, all the audio will be up at BackSportsPage.com. Uh, subscribe to us on Apple Podcasts at BackSportsPage. That's how you can uh, you can find the show on a weekly basis. So uh, until next week, uh, we'll uh, we'll talk soon, Ryan. Have a great one. You too, Ryan. See ya. Anticipated TV series of 2018 is now on Amazon Prime Video. Dr. Ryan, you found him. What do you want to do? I'm only human. Sometimes the person you least expect. I can't go to Yemen. I'm an analyst. Is the only man for the job. We gotta get inside his head. The new Amazon Prime original, Tom Clancy's Jack Ryan, starring John Krasinski. Stream now on Amazon Prime Video. You sit at a desk. They sit at a desk. You have sales reports. They have book reports. You need supplies. They need supplies. Business is a lot like school. That's why your small business should take advantage of back-to-school deals at Staples. Now, Staples 1-inch 3-ring binders are $1.92. One-subject notebooks are just $0.25. And two-pocket poly folders are just $0.35 each. Make back-to-school your business at Staples. In-store only while supplies last. Offer ends 9-1-18, limit 30.